So the word Pentecost means 50. It's the 50 days after the festival of the Passover. And it was always a time for the Jewish community to gather together in celebration 50 days after Passover. What you will hear is the story of Pentecost and one of the reasons that we have flames as a symbol for Pentecost and of course the, the wind or the breath and the color red. But it uses these as similes and metaphors to describe the presence of the Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there was a sound. It was like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues like fire appeared among them and rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language. I mean, Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In their own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. This ends the reading from the book of Acts and the story of the birth of the church. May these words which once transformed disciples' hearts transform our hearts as well. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. A pastor tells of having been out for a walk and coming to a park and seeing a young boy in the park with a long string taut behind him and on the end, a kite on the ground. And the boy began, as you're supposed to, running quickly in one direction and the kite in the back was just bouncing around on all points of the diamond and here and there and it would rise for a couple feet in the air and then boom 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 bounce along and he'd get to the other side and nothing right and he turned and the boy ran the other direction with the kite behind him and it just bounced along never leaving the ground except for a few feet and he'd think oh it's gonna fly and it wouldn't fly and just laid there And up rode what must have been that boy's older brother. And he watched his younger brother a couple of times, and then he leaned over the handlebars of his bike, and he said as only an older brother could say, Hey, doofus, you got to wait for the wind. What, his brother said? He, and his older brother on the bike said, you got to wait for the wind. Exactly. The brother's on to something there who's seated on the bike. And the advice has a lot to do 
with today, with Pentecost, the Spirit. I mentioned the disciples were gathered, as they should have been, as good Jews for 50 days after Passover. And much to their, it has to have been their shock and surprise, as it said, into the room, it said it was like a wind that came upon them. It was the Spirit. It was a Spirit that Jesus promised would come after he was gone from the earth. Jesus, in one place, even says, I will send a comforter to you. And on that day, as we've said, and Pastor Meredith reminded us with party hats, no less, the church was born. But sometimes, you got to wait for the wind. Maybe you saw it a few years back. There was a documentary entitled, In the Name of God. And what they were trying to discern is why some families of faith in America seem to be vibrant and vital. Not big churches or small churches, but vibrant and vital, alive. And many others seem to be struggling. And their conclusion was that the churches that were vital and vibrant had the right stuff. Well, that's not very helpful, right? That's a very elusive term, the right stuff. Stuff, they later came to discern, was really a spirit. I mean, in other words, these were some families of faith, some congregations, some churches in our nation that had waited for the wind and caught it. These congregations were ones that were engaged in ministry that transformed the world for the better. And they were the ones that did seem to have caught the wind and, and were being lifted. It wasn't about big or small. It was about spirit. They had the right stuff. But still, what does that look like? I mean, that's what I was thinking. What might that look like? Well, maybe, maybe it's a glimpse of what Jesus calls the kingdom. You know, Jesus doesn't say the kingdom is something that is beyond life on earth. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God as something that is supposed to be breaking into our lives each and every day. And we're supposed to open our hearts to that spirit. The kingdom isn't about life beyond life. It's about now. It's about accepting. It's about letting the kite fly. I know of a pastor who said that one of the things that gets him out of bed every morning is the potential of the church and the spirit. And he said, I always think maybe a stranger will walk into the hallways of the church that day. Maybe it would be a beds client who would come by and the stranger he always imagines asking, this kingdom you speak of, what does it look like? And the pastor said he wants to sweep his hand over the congregation and says, it's not perfect, but it looks like this. And for me, when I thought of that, it looks a little like a congregation that is like this, that says and believes that all are welcome. I mean, you've seen what it says in the front of our bulletin, right? It's basically saying what the the Pentecost passage did as well. The front of our bulletin, you've seen it. Everyone is welcome here. 
even Parthians and Medes. And everybody knew that they were not to be invited to the same party. So you, we say, belong here, whether you're young or old, sad or happy, confused or inspired, gay or straight, Cretan or Arab. You are welcome if you can't pay your bills or if you have plenty to share. The list goes on and on, and it should and will include color of skin and ethnicity and age and on and on. However, it simply means everyone is welcome wherever you are on life's journey. I mean, to me, that feels like the right stuff. It feels like the spirit, maybe even a glimpse of the kingdom where all are welcome. And so the story of the birth of the church in the book of Acts, and even who we are trying to be here in this congregation, they're both describing something beautiful. The church. It's not perfect, but it's still beautiful. Which means every day we seek to model the way Christ makes us God's companions. Companions. You know, the word literally means to break bread with another. And so we welcome the prosperous and the desperate, the joyful or the despairing, the agile or the disabled, the Phrygian or the Mesopotamian, the privileged and the excluded, all of us are companions. Because it's together. It's together, Pentecost reminds us. We're trying to do something beautiful. We're running with a kite behind us, trying to catch the spirit, trying to be the church, soar in faith. But, but often to those who are outside of a family of faith, the congregation, it doesn't always feel welcoming. I know it's a strange metaphor, but simile, but the church is a little like a football huddle. A football huddle. I mean, you know something important is going on inside there, right? But you don't know what's being said. And on occasion, all you see is a bunch of rear ends, but that's not the case. But in fairness to the church, we must admit that what we do isn't easily understood, sometimes even by us, because words are inadequate to describe the right stuff, the Spirit of God. So how does a church catch the wind and fly our kite? Well, you remember in the story of Pentecost, the Spirit of God, the right stuff, blows into the room, and you heard what happened, right? Something astonishing happens. These followers of Jesus, who were from all different regions and lands, who spoke all different languages, all of a sudden, they understand each other. And they even say, how is this possible that I am able to hear and understand you and you and you? The church is birthed by what is the true gift of Pentecost. The church is birthed with understanding. It's not belief, but the church begins 
with understanding. In fact, sometimes belief can get in the way of being a family of faith. I mean, there was a quote from Mark Twain once where someone asked him about the things he believes and said, do you believe in infant baptism, which was of controversy at the time? He said, not only do I believe in it, I've actually seen it happen. But I love that because it complicates what we mean when we say, I believe something. His quip tells us how much we might even misunderstand our own faith when we make it all about a set of beliefs. I know, but somewhere along the way, somebody decided that all of this, that us together, is only about belief. Somewhere along the line, the church decided that what was important was a set of propositions, a list of claims that we believe to be true. And we need to say yes or no to a statement of faith or a creed, because that will tell you whether you're in or whether you're not. It isn't about that. Pentecost reminds us it's about understanding that we are companions in Christ's spirit. I mean, the story of Pentecost is a story about the power that community has to make each of us whole again. But you may already know that. You may already know how powerful the spirit is, how a community like this in a time of the depths of despair can save you. You already understand how much you can feel the Spirit when you are singing the third verse of a hymn and everybody else is as well. You already understand that we are better together than we are apart. And you already understand, even before you got here this morning, that it would be worth it to be here. Just like the disciples knew 2,000 years ago, no matter how wrong no matter how senselessly violent the world could be, being together might help us put it right again. And the Spirit of God is the Spirit that transcends logic, even belief. The Spirit of God is an understanding. You might say that one of our mottos could be we agree to disagree but we understand that we serve and love in Christ's name. I mean, think of the times when we have been on the same page. Only recently we heard about Foods Resource Bank, our 15-year partnership with Park Street Congregational Church, two churches which have helped produce and put on a table four million meals in 15 years. Or think of the refugee families we've offered a fresh start to on life and a safe home And they've become our friends, not only our friends, but our companions. One of the women who came from a far and distant place who spoke a different language asked my wife to be in the delivery room for the birth of her child. I mean, companions in Christ. Our high schoolers repair homes for those who can't do it themselves, and they too have heard and then understood the Spirit's pleading for decent housing for the underserved. When you and I unite to understand, our political differences fade and we are no longer red or blue voters, but companions held together by a Spirit, by the gift of understanding that love, not belief, unites us. Love unites us, always.
My friends, we are doing something beautiful by trying to be the church. Not perfect, but beautiful. And Pentecost, such an important day because it reminds us that to be the church is to seek to understand. That statement on the front of our bulletin, all are welcome, all. And why? Because all are created in the image of God. Yes, I mean that. Even Parthians and Medes. It describes in dreams of something beautiful. Us. And I pray that the Spirit, the right stuff that formed the church on that day 2,000 years ago, will continue to transform this church as well. But we always have to be ready for the wind. And when the Spirit blows, our kite will soar. Amen.